0: Dirty Hands University Studios presents a DHU production.
1: When I wake up in the morning, my alarm gets off the warning. I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab a snack and I say what up it's like, I'm getting product to the shelf so I can watch it fly. And it's all right, because I'm saved by the dial. If the buyer needs a hand, he knows I'll understand, because I'm ready when the call comes through the mega displays getting dirty for days if the order comes in late there will be more to do it's all right because i'm saved by the die. Dirty Dial.
2: Thanks again for tuning in and welcome to the Dirty Dial. We're about to unleash a wave of wit, charm, and non-stop entertainment right into your auditory appendages.
1: Auditory appendages? Who wrote this?
2: You mean, what wrote it?
1: It was Chad GPT again, wasn't it? You're such a cheater.
2: Cry about it. Welcome to the electrifying episode number three of Insert Show Name. Tune in and join us on this uproarious adventure through the annals of absurdity.
1: Stop. Let's just get to the morning announcement. Good morning far and wide to you all. First off, happy back to school, if that's happening in your neck of the woods. May you have a tiny sliver of peace and quiet after you pry your kids' fingers from your neck and shove them on the bus. We've got culture on the brain, and yes, more than usual especially how it affects the environments we create as leaders and members of a team. The doors are propped open wide at the campus counselor's office this morning. Pete's going to be sharing some well-timed advice from a wise old uncle and what it did to his perspective on leadership and management. The dean's back, wooing all over the place on behalf of a few Wednesday superstars who knocked it out of the park over these last two weeks. You know Wednesday's cooking and booking with Mikey two meals as we put the labor in Labor Day on behalf of seven smoking hot brands on today's menu. We're also dusting off Daniel Coyle's book, The Culture Code, with Lavinia, talking through three distinct things that can help you achieve the kind of culture you're looking to create. Oh, oh yes, the hand in the back, Lisha. Is one of them ruling by fear? What? No. Damn it, Richardson! Okay, that's enough. Now let's sip on this wise wisdom before we take on the rest of the day. Have a dirty one.
2: You really want something in this life? You have to work for it. Now, quiet! They're about to announce the lottery numbers. Seventeen. Don't. Oh! Thirty-two. Don't. Oh! Five. Don't. Oh! Eight. Woohoo! Forty-seven. Don't. Oh!
0: Hey there Nerdy Hands, the following message comes from Dirty Hands University sponsor Siggy's Yogurt.
2: Siggy's Yogurt was started by a homesick Icelander named Siggy, not to be confused with Ziggy Stardust. There are a few things, however, that Ziggy Stardust and Siggy's have in common. They represent the opposite of fake and artificial conformity. They're both international sensations, and they are both incredibly smooth. Whether you're keto, plant based, or a yogurt traditionalist, Ziggy's has got you covered with 10 different product offerings, ensuring they'll be able to deliver on your individual needs and wants. And we think Ziggy Stardust would approve of that.
1: Spend a little time today in the counselor's office with Peter Ruiz. Think of him as your own personal Mr. Feeney.
0: This has got to be the most half baked idea you've ever had.
1: No, no, it was fully baked. Just younger and with a better mustache. His pant length might be short, but his credentials, they're long. Welcome to the campus counselor.
0: Hey, how's it going, Dirty Hands family? It's your campus counselor, PDP. For this episode, I'll be sharing a story about cultivating leadership and building a cohesive team culture. My uncle Danny owns a successful gardening business that services a lot of celebrities and high-caliber customers all throughout the west side of LA, Beverly Hills, Bel Air. You name it, he does it. I rarely ever see him, so I value any interaction that I have with him. After our small talk, my uncle asked, So what's new with you? I told my uncle I was recently promoted to a managerial position at Whole Foods Market and asked if he had any advice for me. I remember it just like yesterday. He said, The most important thing to remember is to treat your people well. Everything else will fall into place. I was somewhat caught off guard because I expected a more tactical response. Financials, you know, make sure the scheduling's right, make sure your hiring is right but little did I know that this advice would play a significant role in my career. My interpretation of treating people well was trying to create a fun and safe environment for everyone on my team. This meant being a good listener to my people, allowing them to create ownership in their roles, vocalizing their true feelings without fear of retaliation, and learning people's strengths and leaning into them to build confidence. As a result, most team members will adopt a mindset centered on shared purpose and common objectives, driving them to aspire to greater roles and increased responsibilities. Now notice I said most team members, not everyone will embrace this type of environment and will eventually phase themselves out of the team. As long as you provide people with care in a safe environment, you've done right by your people. As leaders, we are granted power. It's also worth saying that leadership isn't reserved for those with management titles. Recognizing that you have the capacity to lead, regardless of your tenure or position, puts you in the right mindset and allows you to realize the kind of effect you have on others. It is vital that leaders show their soft side and be empathetic towards others. This creates a sense of kinship and care for everyone on the team. Following this approach proves valuable, not only for providing constructive feedback, but also for fostering accountability, both for the individual and the team. By adopting this approach, team members are less inclined to perceive critique and more inclined to perceive a sense of shared responsibility for their team's success. Fostering a secure and joyful environment doesn't rest solely on the leader's shoulders. Half of this responsibility lies with team members, each playing a role in shaping the collective atmosphere. Just like a garden where all flowers thrive, we must nourish one another with positivity to facilitate our mutual growth. Just like it might be my uncle's job to provide the plan, flowers, and plant the garden, (laughs) it's Kim Kardashian's job to keep them watered, alive, and thriving.
1: And I'm stuck with this for the rest of my life.
0: And there we have it, folks. Any solutions that you try out from our podcast, we'd love to hear about it. Either you could post it on a Win Wednesday or... Just post it anytime in general. Stay tuned for more on the next episode of Campus Counselor. Until then, take care.
2: Get ready, folks. The menu is coming hot off the grill in just a few seconds. Join us for this week's brand focuses for retail execution and growth services. And if you stay tuned long enough, you'll even hear from DHU's very own Nature Boy, the dean of himself. Enjoy.
4: Say and
3: say goodbye, goodbye. I'm glad to go, I can't.
2: Oh! That's right. Me, I'm not cutting onions. I'm straight up crying summer's over. But before the grill goes cold for the season, we've got one more opportunity to really heat things up for a few choice brands on today's episode of The Menu. we got a seven-layer dip whipped up for you. That's right, seven brands we're looking to push across. Retail execution. Can you build some foyer displays? Take over end caps? Can you spot some cross-merchandising opportunities in produce? First you see... There's Fever Tree. Acuna Matata. Yeah. Let's win for Tate Mata. Don't get no hotter than Richard's rainwater. We see ya, Tortilla. Don't end summer prematurely. Make sure you grab some Shirley. We won't let that salsa drip. Grab some Chica tortilla chips. Boulder Canyon. Hmm. Yeah. I can't really think of anything that rhymes with Boulder Canyon. We've got a tonic water. A water, a non-alcoholic wine, salsa, chips, the makings of a truly great Labor Day celebration. What else do you need? Oh, and for growth services, if you're looking for a winning recipe for distribution, listen up. Think of these key words as you're mixing it all together. Number one, understand. Understand the store, the category, and what makes sense. Number two, present. Present the info and the offerings. Number three, check. The promo periods, price points, OIs, and upcoming TPRs. Number four, confirm. Confirm the deal with decision makers. Number five, order. Order all the agreed upon info. Number six, follow up. Follow up on placement, receipt of product, and proper signage. That's right, six items. Understand, present, check, confirm, order, and follow up. Next thing you know, it'll be pumpkin season. I'll have to dust off my Uggs and whip out my black leggings. Until then, hold on a little longer to all the flavors of the season. And remember, cook with confidence and dish out excellence. Take us away, Dean.
5: good afternoon dirty hands it's your dean here the dean of the woo tapping in for a couple quick shout outs nothing crazy I'm always telling our brands They don't need no other body Just some dirty hands This week, a uh, couple big shout outs. Leela in the PN Chihuahua Did you know that's how you pronounce it? All you out there saying Chihuahua Chihuahua Chihuahua, Chihuahua. That's how I feel when I think about that win in the PN. Nice job, Leela. A lot of other ones that deserve some major shouts, but I'm going to keep it close. I'm going to keep it tight this week. The big shout goes to the D.H. crew Woo! for their August 11 Wednesday record posting. 81. The high water mark has been set. 81 Wednesday posts. Hot damn. Have a great rest of your day. Take us out, Bieber.
2: Here at Dirty Hands, we're usually the ones doing the hard stuff. Let's switch it up for a change. Let Lavinia pan the soil and bring you the golden nuggets of information on today's Beyond the Bookshelf, where books lose their bulk but not their brilliance.
1: No time to read a book. Come and give us a look. Shorten up the boring stuff. Beyond the Bookshelf. Your brain will grow. It might not. Beyond
3: the bookshelf, you can be
2: anything. Maybe not anything.
1: Give it a try while you drive. Beyond the bookshelf, beyond the bookshelf.
4: The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle offers insights into how leaders can channel the power of culture to create cohesive and high-performing teams. Every group has its own distinct culture, which is in essence the relationships between people working together to achieve a common aim. Some work well, while others are dysfunctional. Dysfunctional teams are often the result of members focusing on the wrong thing. Rather than paying attention to the quality of their interactions, they struggle to determine their position within the group and spend time worrying about their own status. This book provides practical insights on how to cultivate a positive and productive team culture by prioritizing safety, vulnerability, and purpose. Let's start with how leaders can foster a sense of safety within their teams. Imagine you've been assigned a complex task demanding every ounce of your skill and expertise. You're given two choices, to work in your own home or a room full of strangers. In which setting would you be more likely to succeed? Of course, it'd be much easier in your own home because it's a safe environment. And the same principle applies to groups. A group performs at a much higher level if each of its members feels safe. A study conducted by Will Phelps, an associate professor at the University of South Wales, illustrates how nurturing a feeling of safety creates a strong group culture that in turn boosts individual performance. Here's a little anecdote from the book to help illustrate why this is so powerful. Phelps instructed a man called Nick to assume different roles among various groups that had been tasked with developing a marketing plan for a company. Taking on the guise of an obnoxious idler, Nick would slack off and obstruct the progress of the group's work. In most cases, his behavior was contagious. Those around him mirrored his attitude and started behaving in the same way. Only one group proved immune to this behavior. This was a group in which one of the members, Jonathan, consistently countered Nick's bad attitude with warmth and positivity. By making those around him feel safe and comfortable, he helped the group perform well despite the presence of a bad apple among them. The success of groups depends on making everyone feel safe, and if you want to create this kind of working environment, it's essential that you let the people around you know that you're listening to what they have to say. Another top tip is to let people see your weaknesses. Demonstrating that you're aware of your own imperfections and admitting that you also make mistakes early on in an interaction lays a foundation for a feeling of safety. Creating an environment where team members feel safe to voice their opinions and take risks, leads to improved collaboration and innovation. Next, let's take a closer look at a second essential strategy, the importance of vulnerability in leadership. Admitting weaknesses and mistakes signals to other group members that they can do the same. That's a great way to build trust and bring about something called a vulnerability loop. This is a feedback loop between the members of a group, which generates the sense of closeness, essential to cohesive group performance. Leaders also build strong teams by communicating their expectation that people should cooperate with each other. Leaders who demonstrate their own fallibility and show empathy towards their team members encourage a culture of openness and authenticity. This, in turn, strengthens interpersonal connections and encourages a willingness to learn and grow. By now, you might be wondering about the role of leaders in the midst of all this. The answer is to let go of the worry about keeping up appearances and lead by being the first to walk the plank in establishing safety and admitting their own abilities. Finally, there's establishing a common sense of purpose which shapes a group's identity and tells others what it stands for. Cooperative team cultures can't do without it, and it's key to group performance. An effective strategy is to try to create a high-purpose environment, which is a way of guiding action around a repeatable purpose that's always at the front of group members' minds. When leaders align the team's goals with a meaningful purpose, it inspires greater dedication and commitment. Group dynamics determine outcomes. The best way of achieving a healthy and productive group environment is to create a safe environment in which everyone can share their vulnerabilities. When you add a common sense of purpose into the mix, you've got the perfect recipe for improved collaboration, innovation, and overall team performance. So, what's been your experience with promoting a positive team culture? Maybe you've got some ideas or stories to share with the Dirty Hands family about helping people feel safe, showing vulnerability, and the power of a shared purpose. As always, I'd love to hear from you.
0: Hey, have you ever heard of adaptogens? Adapt-a what? Adaptogens. They're made from plant substances and research has found that they can help our bodies manage stress and maintain balance. That would come in handy, seeing as I'm a competitive gymnast. I did not know that about you. Please tell me how to find these adaptogens, I must know. Well, you can find them in a bottle of Rebel. 16 grams of 100% organic plant-based protein, full of maca, ashwagandha, and reishi. These adaptogens have been known to help the body cope with stress. I could use that, with my gymnastics, of course. Rebel, full of adaptogens, protein, and power for gymnastics and beyond.
1: People ask me what I did before Dirty Hands, and when I tell them, they always give me the same response. Aw, so it doesn't really translate. You spent all this money on an education. You can't really use it. I taught kindergarten and first grade before this, and let me tell you, it translates. It tracks. One of the classes in college that I remember the most was centered around an approach called the responsive classroom. The long and short of it was that it was a way to incorporate social and emotional development into your classroom with a focus on cooperation, assertiveness, responsibility, empathy, and self-control. So some pretty big asks for our four, five, and six-year-olds. It would start on the first day with all of us on the rug, brainstorming the ways we wanted our classroom to feel or function. Don't call someone a butthead, someone would yell. No spitting on each other. Yes, super important. No matter what came out of their mouths, it went on the whiteboard. And we boiled this big list of incredibly crazy things that they said down to four very quick short rules. Raise your hand to speak. Be kind. Keep your hands to yourself and take care of each other. Each kid signed their name. I signed mine. And we put the list where everybody could see it. Enter Grant Grotsky, a skinny little nugget, 5 years old. Loved to wear his Boy Scout uniform to school. He was an emotional little guy whose anxious mom whispered in my ear on the first day of school, "He's still working on potty training. You know, I'll send in a change of clothes every day, you know, just in case." We set up a quiet signal just between the two of us that if he had an accident, he could get up quickly grab his change, put the wet stuff back in a plastic bag, put it into his backpack. We started every single morning on that rug in a circle where we would greet each other, we would share, we would play a little game. And that was where we practiced all of those hard things that kindergartners have to learn. Listen to others, sit still, be supportive when your classmate shares that their hamster died from petting it too hard that's a true story that really happened. (laughs) My job was to create this safe, silly, supportive atmosphere first and foremost, or I would never be able to accomplish all of the learning that needed to get done that year. If they didn't feel like they belonged or they weren't comfortable in the environment, they were never going to be in the headspace to be able to learn. So my proudest moment as a teacher, even though my career was short-lived, came halfway through that year. We sat in a circle on the rug, as we did every morning. It was January and we were talking and discussing our New Year's resolutions. I want to learn how to ride a bike, someone said. I want to be nicer to my little sister, another person added. Little Grant Grotsky raised his hand confidently, adjusted that little Boy Scout scarf and said, so seriously. Well, I think I should maybe stop peeing my pants. And to my shock, not one of those other 19 kids laughed, made fun of him, even batted an eye. The whole class completely aware that this kid had peed his pants at school just about every day up to that point because they don't miss a beat. They all looked around at each other and they nodded in agreement like, yeah, that would be a good thing to work on. I call it my proudest teaching moment because what I wanted before I had my own classroom, what I wanted more than anything in the world was to make a little group of individuals feel important and like a family. We were the room one family where we cared for one another, we worked through really tough moments and we accepted each other. I sent Grant's mom an email years and years later. and She told me that now he's 13, that he's still very kind, he's curious, that he's a great climber and a really slow cross-country runner, and that he's still a Boy Scout. And she wrote me, you know, he accepts people as they are, which is something I admire because personally I find that very difficult. I think we each have that power, every one of us in this Dirty Hands community, to show up as ourselves, to support each other, and to work together as part of a bigger family. To create the kind of environment where you feel safe enough to tell people, yeah, I pee my pants regularly. Stay dirty out there, In this world, there,
3: a lot of trouble, baby. In this world, there's a whole lot of pain. In this world, there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Why watch as the world goes by? It's a hard enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly?
1: Working at Dirty Hands has taught me that you can absolutely mix business with pleasure. When I first started, I figured that most of the people would just be one step above internet stranger to me. But after two years, I call most of these strangers my friends. Being able to work somewhere that encourages you to be yourself and build relationships based off of it is something that should never be taken for granted. Between tormenting people I love with knock-knock jokes on Slack, or having to call my boss to explain that I peed in my car between stores and need to take a half day, this company really lets me express myself without having to feel ashamed of who I am. So, yeah. I get it, Grant.
3: I wish wanting and wondering why it's a long enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? there's a whole lot of cold. in this world there's a whole lot of blame in this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings there's a star on the far horizon rising bright in an asher sky for the rest of the time that you're given why walk when you can fly high
4: Cool. Consider me
1: Miles Davis. It's just groceries.